This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 486. And the quote of the day is, a real friend walks in when the rest of the world walks out. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Heyo, what's going on? Nick Ruffini here, episode 486 of the podcast, and man, I am uh, I am on the East Coast for a few, about 12 days or so. Had a hellacious time getting here, and so I was I was documenting it on Instagram, and some people were commenting, and they were like, "How do you not freak out?" And I think there was a lesson. Uh, it took us 24 hours to get from LA to Philadelphia. There was all sorts of cancellations and flights grounded, and all sorts of stuff. But the message or, or sort of the lesson learned from that is that I don't get upset about things that are out of my hands and that I can't control. And so people were asking how I, I'm not freaking out and like wanting to strangle someone. It's not going to help. It's not going to change the situation. It's not going to do anything. So that was just something that I was thinking about on this entire trip that I figured I would share with you is that when you're in a situation and you can't control what's happening getting mad or, uh, or, you know, getting pissed off or upset or frustrated. I, I mean, frustration, I can understand, but, but getting mad is not going to help. So like yelling at gate agents and all that kind of stuff, it's not going to do anything. It's actually going to hurt you, not help you. So I don't know, just a quick lesson learned that I figured I would, uh, I would share with y'all. Something else I want to share with you is Dream Symbols has Dream Symbol Hangs with Scott Pellegrom. And these are a great time to go meet Scott. And also, here's some symbols. There's about 50 or so Dream Symbols there. And there's drinks. And they usually do them at like a really cool studio. And they have some dates coming up. I'll give you all the detailed information at the end of the podcast. But here's just quickly the dates and, and the city that they'll be in. So May 11th is in Nashville. June 3rd is in Brooklyn. June 4th is in Union City, New Jersey. June 5th is in Cockeysville, Maryland. June 6th is in Baltimore, Maryland. So again, Dream Symbol hangs. You can meet Scott Pellegrom. You can have some drinks, play some cymbals. It's a great way to get out there, network, you know, start meeting some other drummers and hear some really, really good cymbals. So check them out. And I'll give you all the details at the end of the podcast with all the studio names and everything. So let's get into this conversation with Aaron Steele. And Aaron was introduced to me through a mutual friend, Dylan Wissing, who many of you know is a great friend of mine. And Aaron has such an amazing story. He he grew, he grew up he, he grew up in the church, started playing drums, and then decided he wanted to be a break dancer. So he was a break dancer for a while, signs a record deal, uh, or starts playing drums again, signs a record deal. And then the band breaks up while they're recording the record. He was in Portugal, the man for a while. I mean, he he's done a ton of things and some ups and downs, some highs and lows. And he talks about the powerful or the, you know, how powerful friendships are and great friendships. And that's what sort of helped him through the low time. And he even said, without friends, I would not be where I am today. So there, this, this conversation is both inspiring, but it's also filled with nuggets of wisdom and just, a, you know, just great information from Aaron. So I will not waste any more time. Let's get into it with Aaron Steele. Aaron, what's going on, my man? Thanks for being here. Ah, thanks for having me. Of course. We got a, a big shout out to uh, to our mutual friend Dylan Wissing for for connecting us. He's always good at that. Yeah, man, he's a great, great, great dude <laughs> and incredible drummer. That's not what we said off air, but we'll go with that. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I love Dylan. I love you, man. If you're listening, uh, you better be listening. So, uh, <laughs> so he sends me this email, and he and he sort of gives me like a quick, you know, a quick uh, background about you. But the thing that I loved, he says, "All right, five years with Portugal, the man drumming on their Grammy Grammy winning record with a story to tell about it. A bunch of other great artists growing up amid music royalty, break dancing." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't care about anything else except the break dancing. <laughs> Yeah, I was like well, so okay. intrigued by it. So I'm, that's the first thing I want to talk to you about is breakdancing. Okay, cool. Uh, I uh, was a breakdancer for years. I actually quit playing drums to do it for a while. Really? Uh, yeah, like I, I grew up, you know, I grew up in New York City. Um, my parents are pastors. My brother is a drummer, too. He's actually an incredible drummer. And uh, he tours with like I guess a CCM group called uh, King's Kaleidoscope, mm-hmm. um, and uh, anyway, at the time people would always compare us and be like, "Oh, you're not as good as your brother," sort of vibe. And uh, I basically just like, "All right, well, I guess I'm just gonna start breakdancing," you know, <laughs> like because there there was just like some dudes around that were doing it, and uh, I was like really. Um, like I, I was just really intrigued and, um, you know, I just started hanging out with them. And honestly, like if it wasn't for them, I'd probably be in a lot of trouble in life. Mm-hmm. What year <laughs> um, are we talking? Ooh, let's see. Uh, I had to be like maybe like 11 or 12 when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm 31. So. Um, I'm really bad at math. So, uh, so this see. one, cause when you're and the reason why I asked, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like gold chains, beatbox, cardboard, but that's not the case. Cause you're, you're too no, young for no. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, uh, there, there's, there was barely, there was like no gold chains. There was definitely uh, cardboard, but yeah. we kind of, uh, we kind of upgraded to linoleum, linoleum, <laughs> uh, uh, like, you know, you would just get like a linoleum rubber mat. Uh-huh. And we and we would like uh, my parents were uh, my parents are like uh, pastors mm-hmm. and they were uh, assistant pastors at a church in Jersey City. And there's a there's a park that's uh, in like Jersey City, like in the Heights that mm-hmm. we would they had like a skating rink and we would just like hide the linoleum mat in the skating rink gates and we would just like go to the park late at night and just like practice nice. you know like my crew natural born killers from uh dirty jurors is what they would say <laughs> but so did you, know. you do it so were you just like street performing it or were you entering in competitions no, no, we, we were we were competing yeah yeah like yeah those, and most of those dudes have become like maybe some of the top dancers in the world right now really uh, yeah like uh yeah honestly like 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 I, I, I couldn't have been uh, lucky enough um, to because like I think that that time in my life, like, you know, like preteen to like teenager trying to figure out stuff mm-hmm. like uh, number one, uh, like my body right now is a holdover from the shape I was in at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, what you got also like it dancing along to those breaks and a lot of that stuff like formed a lot of my musical opinions or like the way I hear music, 
because like I just spent time dancing to things as opposed to like, oh, I just really like this kind of music. Like I was like, what makes me move physically, you know? Right. Um, and it ended up being uh, a really big and important part of my life, honestly. I mean, it still is, you know, it's, I don't really dance so much anymore, but what you got, um, I, I connect to music in that way um, still, you know? I was going to say, I got to imagine that you're playing certain things and you're thinking, can I dance to this? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm always trying to, even if I'm playing like, you know, some really out, like, uh, what, what can I can, what words can I, can I curse on here? I'm not sure. You can do whatever you want, man. Oh, great. What you got? Even if I'm playing some like really out shit, like it's mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like I, I still think like, is this like in some sort of groove or pocket, you know? Right. Like, can somebody move to this? Cause it's just, you know, I feel like that's the most tribal thing you can do, you know, like yeah. and drums are like the most, you know, most basic of instruments, even though it's not really that basic, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I, and I think that, I mean, for me, like I hear things a lot and I'm like, how, you know, maybe just someone playing, not someone in particular, just like I'll hear something online or, or whatever, or, or even sometimes it, you know, out in, out in the real world. And I'm yeah. like, Who's dancing to this? Yeah, yeah. There's no one moving at all to this thing that's in, you know, 16 that, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is that, like, there's different kinds. Like, for example, like, I like I, I went to go see Meshuggah a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, there is definitely, like, a groove to that stuff. Even, even, yeah. even, even if it's, like, so nuts, you know, because, like, it's, there's a pulse that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I definitely saw some people in the pit like going in and they were definitely moving their body to that. But like there's certain there's certain um, sometimes there's like things that there's just like, OK, this just doesn't, doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you know, right. I don't know. I don't know how to ex- explain that. But, you know, you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I just I, I, I think it's interesting to to do other things like, you know, dancing or playing a different instrument or or whatever it is. And you start to start to hear things not as a drummer but as a musician as a as like you said there's there's this primal you know thing that we have inside of us that that makes us move and it's like what is that the closer i can get to that thing behind the kit the better obviously because our job is to make people move and make the sound you know make the music sound good so yeah man yeah um but yeah i mean i was doing that for years and then um what you got uh ended up going to like my my parents moved out uh, and then moved up to like upstate New York, and I, I went to high school in some weird town called Wallkill, New York. But I was kind of like in New York City still. I was going back a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and then I joined like a like I met some kids in school, and I joined like a kind of like pop punk band, kind of pop punk slash like screamo kind of band because they saw a drum set at my house and they were like just play some shows with us you know right and i, and I was like sure you know <laughs> and, and, I, and at this point my brother was out of the house so like i was like okay i guess like you know like i guess i can do this um it's a completely different context it's not like you know church <laughs> you know right so so i was like okay sure let's let's uh let's let's try it out you know and i ended up playing with those guys for years and like you know, 
it ended up being like a thing where it was like semi-popular enough to get like a record deal and then we broke up before our first record came out (laughs) how did what happened there um the lead singer kind of got weird about stuff i mean we were kind of we were sort of touring a lot Mm -hmm. even in high school and uh he i think he just wanted not to do that but he didn't really talk to us about it and he kind of just broke up the like basically i i left my family's from panama Mm -hmm. and i while we were making our record like i tracked all my drums and then i went to uh panama to visit some family because there was like some stuff going on while they were like finishing up the record and i uh came back like you know a couple weeks like a week or two later and it's like i was like oh so what's up with the record and everybody's like oh man nobody told the band broke up i was like what i was like okay well i mean were you like what we signed a record deal yeah exactly yeah i was like okay uh was it a major major record deal or indie yeah it was it was like kind of like a joint deal between like a indie and a and a major um Mm -hmm. But it, it ended up just like, you know, being like it ended up just like dissolving out of nowhere. So like, you know, nothing really happened and it was kinda like, okay, well, I've spent all my time doing this for the last few years. Like, uh, what am I supposed to do now? And people were like, Oh, well, if you wanna be a musician, you have to go to music school. Uh so I ended up going to the new school university, uh, in Manhattan mm-hmm. and then dropping out a year later because people because uh, they were kind of doing like this weird they were trying to be a conservatory at the time even though that's not what they marketed themselves as right and and i was not trying to do that specifically um and also like you know i i probably should have just not gone to school right after right after um all that you know after high mm-hmm. school i should have probably like taking time to figure out what I wanted to do and not like gotten peer pressured by like family and, and like people who had no idea what the music industry is like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for but, sure. You know, but you know, uh, it was a, it was an interesting time, but I, I met a lot of really great people during that time. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, do you know who Colin Stranahan is? I don't, I'm not familiar. He's like a, really amazing jazz drummer and he plays with like uh like kurt rosenwinkle and mm-hmm. what you got uh gilad hexelman like a he's in, he's incredible actually gilad me and gilad went to school together oh, like nice. there's like an incredible just like on the nose like super jazzers that we i went to school with and and it kind of like i was like oh i am definitely not this person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, like I—I I mean, I play a lot of jazz now, but yeah. But it took me years to like, to like get to the point where I felt comfortable enough to be like myself playing that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to let's. Uh, we're gonna bounce around a little bit, and forgive me, but so That's fine. if you, I know that you started playing drums really young. You started, you know, started in the church, and and you mm-hmm. came up in in a musical family. Ish. Uh, <laughs> ish. Yeah, my my parents are very tone deaf. And my my brother my brother and my I have my brother and one cousin who are really amazing at music. But besides that, um, everybody is not very good. <laughs> gotcha. Got yeah. as my cousin says, I play the radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
right? Yeah. What, one of my favorite things in the world is that, like, my dad will be, like, at church, like, leading worship, you know? And he, like I said, he's totally tone deaf. He's, like, playing guitar. Can't play guitar at all, actually. So right. he's, just play, he's just strumming open strings, you know? <laughs> Like, and singing at the top of his lungs. And I'm just like, what is happening? And nobody is stopping this. You know, like, like that sort of thing. And I, I think it's like one of the most amazing and funny things ever. But, you know, like, what am I going to say to my parents, you know? Right. <laughs> and, but, and then you're like, how did I get this music? You know, where did I get this music bone? It's fun. Like, yeah, uh, like yeah. I'll, I'll trade you a dad story real quick. So my, okay, well, my, yeah. dad was in, my dad was in high school and he went to a Catholic high school. And, and the nun is like, everyone has to sing. If you don't sing, you get in detention. Like, everyone has to sing. I don't care wow. if you can sing or not, right? Yeah. So everyone's singing, and there's like, you know, 40 kids on the riser. And my dad's in the middle, so she has to like go up and sort of like walk through the middle of the riser and like sidestep <laughs> all the way through. And she yeah. goes up to him, and she shakes his hand at him, and she's like, don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So like... I get it, you know, but yeah. so I always think about that though. So like, where does, the, where does the music come from? You know, like, I guess my, I shouldn't say that my mom, my mom, uh, my mom played piano, but like not professionally by any means, but, yeah. um, but there's a, there's a lot of people who have, you know, there's, a, I understand the one side when people are, people's families are really musical and they become really musical, but for some people that are like, yeah, uh, you know, I play drums or I play an instrument really, really well. And no one in my family does. Yeah. Like, you know, and they can't, and they then, like you said, they're tone deaf. They can't sing. Like they have no rhythm. They have no this. They have no that. But yet, this person is is fantastic. Um, you like what? Do you, I mean, do you think it's just I mean, a matter of practice? I I I don't subscribe to the notion that what you call it, like it's genetics. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, me neither. I I think I mean you know some of my favorite musicians, you know they. I mean, I, I do think that maybe there's like a little bit of an advantage because, you know, you're around people who are incredibly uh, like uh, who are like doing it often. So you're seeing mm -hmm. it. And it's like, you know, like the you're way sort of I like speak. learning by osmosis a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, if somebody, you know, like somebody is like, I guess, quote unquote, naturally inclined. I think that some people pick up things a little easier, but I don't think that what you got, you know, because there are people who like I know that growing up they were like the best at whatever but what you got they didn't do anything with it and then it they just you know now they they suck <laughs> you right. know it's not it's not i mean you know it's also like they weren't trying to do that so you know whatever but mm -hmm. it's it like you know and you hear you see them like later they're like yeah back in my day i used to be a blah 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 it's like yeah sure man but <laughs> But you didn't hone those skills. But you didn't hone those skills. So, I mean, you know. And then, like, there's somebody who was, like, terrible growing up. It took – it was a lot harder for them to get to a certain point. And they're, like, you know, the number one musician in the land or whatever, you know. Right. It's interesting that you say that because I grew up in a in a uh, entrepreneurial business family. Like, my parents owned a bunch of businesses. And yeah. specifically restaurants. And, uh, and I didn't realize until – you know, till I was much older that people just don't understand business. And oh I just God, thought yeah. that I was like, Oh, I just figured everyone did. And you saying this, I'm thinking like, well, yeah, I had all these skills because I just, I learned from my parents, you know, yeah. like I just learned by osmosis. And so I can, and I'm sure people are like, you're naturally good at business. And I'm like, eh, maybe I'm not, maybe I just, I've just learned it over the years. And then, you know, you just, 
you have all this you have all this uh, exposure to it for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You're going to learn something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that the more you're around anything, that what you got, you know, the more you're going to pick up. Like, I, I I do like a lot of production work now, mm-hmm. and there is no way that I figured that stuff out just by like sitting down and learning it. Honestly, I think it's mm-hmm. like because I to tell you the truth, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm a lazy person. You know, like <laughs> when. I'm real lazy and, and, and like, I'm the biggest procrastinator. It takes me so long just to get anything really done. And the only reason that like I've been able to do anything is because like I had to sit down and do it just because like of a deadline or something. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that when I was in the studio this one time and this producer needed to do something, I sort of watched it like happenstancely. And I kind of like, oh yeah, like I guess this is what he did. And I and sometimes I'm totally wrong, and it still ends up being kind of cool, you know. Like it's like one of right. those, it's one of those things, you know. Like I I think that it's it's all like, like what you are surrounded by, you know. Sure. I'm I'm really lucky that I've just been around some really incredible artists and musicians that I learn from every day, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Where do you think that? Where do you think you really honed your skills? Because you're talking about you start playing young, right? Yeah. And then you stopped playing. I mean, I don't know if you stopped completely, but you were like my brother. I totally. I totally to- stopped. All right, so you yeah. totally stopped playing, and you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do break. I'm gonna go break dancing and all that. So yeah. you you obviously can't be that lazy because you spent significant time behind the kit practicing and and honing your skills. When did a lot of that happen for you? Uh, a lot of the practice happened uh, maybe the year I was in. I only went to new school for a year. Uh, it was like one year that I was in school. If you're going to sit here and tell me that you practiced for one year and that's it, I'm going to hang no, up on you. No, no wait, hold on. But it was <laughs> no, like, just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but it was like a year. I, I was practicing like 11 hours a day when that's I was insane. in school. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, like, okay, so like think about this, like, I, I, growing up in New York, like, this is a really good story, actually. I, um, y- do you know who VJ Iyer is at all? Like, jazz mm, musician? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know who Marcus Gilmore is? Of course. Yeah, I had Marcus on okay. the podcast. Yeah. Too. Okay. Marcus was, um, I was talking to Marcus, like, me and him know each other for years. And I literally was like, hey, man, like, have you listened to this VJ Iyer record, like, reimagining? Like, it's blowing my mind. He was like, oh, yeah, that's me. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, that's me playing drums. And I'm just like, nah, man, come on. He's like, yeah, like, look, look at the liner notes. That's me. And I was like, <laughs> fam, come on. Like, that's, that's, re-. you know, like, it, like, and these, these are the people I'm around, you know, like, right. And, right. I, and I'm like this dude who kind of was just playing in a punk band right before, like, not really like. You know, like it, 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 like it just didn't work, you know? So like mm-hmm. I was like so intimidated by like Marcus, you know, and I was, you know, really good friends with him and like uh, Justin Brown, you know, like mm-hmm. like those two dudes like would blow my mind every single day. And I've just known and I've known them for like, you know, so long that I'm just like, ah, oh, man, maybe I should just like actually work on some shit, you know? You right. Know? Right. So. 
that year. But I, I also dropped out of school because I just didn't have money. It was like so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I think the year that I went, it was about forty five grand <laughs> for the year. To say, yeah, uh, and uh, like, how do you come out of that and and you know pay your bills? You have all uh, these yeah. student loans, and they're like, "There you go, like go be a musician." And you're like, "You do realize that musicians don't make a lot of money." Yeah, especially you know when, I mean? they, especially when there is a stick. There was a at the new school at the time. The administration was there's a big stigma about playing any other kind of music besides jazz. So like I was paying, I was paying for school basically out of pocket mm-hmm. from playing, playing all these gigs, you know, that were not jazz gigs. I was doing anything but because I was not good at jazz. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, and it was like this really weird thing where, you know, like I was like, okay, like, can I get a scholarship of some sort? You know, I'm I'm playing I'm working in town, you know, and I'm doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing when you get out of school. And they literally told me we don't give scholarships to people who we don't think are going to be successful. And I wow. immediately I immediately dropped out of school and I immediately quit music. And I sold all my gear. Like so this is like two times in my life that I just totally quit everything, you know. And and you know, I over time I ended up becoming like a doorman at the Iridium Jazz Club. Mhm. Really, because I was like, I don't have any job skills. I've been touring for years, and I don't, I don't know how to do anything except for like work and music. And then, you know, who Marcus Baylor is. Yes, um, he was in the Yellow Jackets. Um, mm-hmm. I, he was playing with the Yellow Jackets one night at at Iridium, and he started just talking to me, and he was like, "Hey, man, like, what are you doing here? Like, like." You should not be here. You should just quit. And I was like, nah, man, you know, like I need to pay my bills and blah, blah. He was like, nah, man, you should quit because you're miserable. Are you happy? Like, what's wrong with you? Did like, you know him? Uh, we sort of knew each other. It wasn't, it right. was like very, very, um, we got to know each other that week really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we knew each other kind of before then. And, uh, and, you know, we were just talking. We had, like, very similar stories growing up. So, um, and it was kind of like this weird thing where he was just like, man, it'll be better if it's better for you if you just go and figure out what you want to do and what you got, just not be here because you're just, you look miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I ended up. Where you're like, oh, man, he's right. No, yeah, I was, I was, I was right. I mean, I mean, he was right. Yeah. yeah, he was just totally right. I was super depressed. I, pro- I mean, you know, honestly, like I, you know, I, I, I was in the maybe the worst place you could think of anybody being. Uh, really? Th- yeah, at that point in my life, it was terrible. You know, just because um, you didn't know what direction you were going to go. You know, I didn't know. Of- I didn't know what direction I was going to go. Also, I, you know, like the one thing that I thought I could do, like the. Like the only place that I, the only school I wanted to go to told me that I wasn't worth anything to them, really, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, okay, like these people who, like, then, like, what's the point of even accepting me in the school if you don't think that I'm going to be successful? What's wrong, you know? Like, right. It was, it was like very depressing. Uh, right. Anyway, but they're like, oh, we'll take your money, but we're not going to. Uh, ex- exactly. Yeah. Right. We're not going to, you know, we're not, we won't invest in you. Exactly. But I'll I'll say this, but since then, um, basically everybody who was there administration wise basically has gotten fired. So, (laughs) 
So what you call, you know, I heard that the school is doing really well now. And uh, Matt Wilson's one of the teachers there. And mm-hmm. that dude is incredible. And he's he's an incredible teacher. He's an incredible human being. He might not remember me at all, but he like helped me so much in life, you know. And, and you know, and I and I got I got a lot of stuff out of that one year in school. Like I spent a lot of time with like Chico Hamilton. He like, you know, taught me so much about like just like being a good human being. And, Mm -hmm. and also like his, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't really like, I took it for granted at the time that he's a, he was a legend, you know, and he like was teaching this like 18 year old kid, like about like the essentials of swing (laughs) or like (laughs) how to play with brushes, you know? And, and like this guy, you know, was playing with Sarah Vaughn for years and, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, it's kind of, uh, it, it, you know, I, I totally took it for granted and, 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 you know, and I was like, really, I, I thought he was like, oh yeah, Chico's cool. Yeah. And then like, you know, after he died, I was just like, I went and started listening to his records and I'm like, this guy was revolutionary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There, there was one thing that you, that you mentioned that like after talking to Marcus where yeah. he was like, go find out what you want to do. Go, you know, go figure, go figure that out and, and f- sort of find yourself was, and I don't know if you can remember this or not, but do you, do you know how that process went? Because I know that there, there are people who email me, who write me in, who listen to the podcast, who are maybe struggling with the same exact thing. Now, like I know that I love music. I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want. And that's a hard that's a hard thing to do and like that introspective thinking. It's really difficult. Um, so right after that, I, ha- I have a friend named Ross, uh, Ross Gallagher. He's a, mm-hmm. he a bass player at the school, uh, at the new school. And he basically was like, hey, man, actually, um, I think he's playing with like Paula Cole now, which is amazing. Anyway, nice. but um, there, there was um, – he he basically was like, hey man, like if you need to think about some stuff, like why don't you just call it, go up to like he's from he's from like Blue Hill, Maine, which is like really far north. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why don't you just go up to like my mom's cabin and just like hang out there for like a little bit and just like figure your shit out, you know? Hmm. And uh, so I did just go up there and just like hung out in this little blue town of Blue Hill. I wasn't really playing music. I didn't know what I was doing. And then there was a thing called the Bar Harbor Jazz Festival. And, uh, this, uh, I, I went to like this, like bar where they were, pl- this group was playing. It was like, uh, this guy named Dove Mansky, uh, bass player named, uh, Kim. I don't remember his last name. And, uh, uh, and this, uh, singer named Kirsten who is now in dirty projectors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just doing standards like trio piano, bass and vocals and it might have been one of the most beautiful things i ever seen and like i just started like crying a little bit (laughs) you know really and yeah it was like super it was super emotional and like and i was like man i guess i i really have to play again like you know like this is if i'm feeling this right now just because i've been starved of like create creation creativity or whatever Mm -hmm. uh i like there's no way that like you know like I can't play. So after after that, I came back to New York City. How long uh, were you up there? 
I was I was up there for like a couple weeks. It wasn't okay. anything crazy, right? Um, but I was up there for a couple weeks, just trying to really just like get myself to a better place. And um, I'm really grateful for Ross for that. Honestly, I, like I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have friends. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. like on like you know, and actually I came back to the city, and then I just started going to like jam sessions and like playing with whoever. And on it, you know, I just like, you know, uh, I ended up on a session with this. I, I, I met somebody off of Craigslist who was a hammered dulcimer player. <laughs> nice. His name is his name is Max ZT. Um, and I ended up playing with him and the bass player that he got is this guy named Mota Fukushima. He's incredible. And I ended up getting a gig. He, he was like, hey, man, do you want to do this gig with this like singer i play with and i was like yeah sure and it was like this macedonian smooth jazz artist and then i ended up going on like my first european tour like slightly after that and i you know and and i didn't i didn't necessarily sound that great at the time you know because it was like i was sounding okay Mm -hmm. you know but but he was like man you got like a groove so you know thank thank god for me listening to breaks for so many years you know um and uh, I ended up, we ended up going on tour, opening for like Jamiroquai, like in Europe. That's awesome. Uh, like in e- like Eastern Europe, it was like the off markets, but it was, it was, you know, um, that was kind of like my first. It was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm back playing music. Then I ended up playing a bit with Rachel Z, um, like jazz pianist who was in. Um, Wayne Shorter's band during the nineties. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. She was a teacher at the school too. And she's married to Omar Hakim. So like I sort of lost that gig when they started when they got married. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is he's, okay. he's 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 a, he's a I guess he's an okay drummer. Yeah, he, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think he I think he's played on you know, a tune or two. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> like, you know, nothing legendary, but you know it's like, right. <laughs> But you know, like, uh, I'm, you know, but I'm, well, he's a, he's he lives in he's he's a Jersey guy. He lives in Jersey, right? Yeah, I mean, I, he's in, they kind of like switch back and forth between like Brooklyn and Jersey, but yeah, right. like they, they, you know, they're they're like real estate people. They really like <laughs> they like to figure that stuff. They've they've got their stuff figured out. <laughs> what do you mean they're real estate people? Like they they like buying property and like flipping it and stuff like that. So, oh, do so, they? Nice. So they so they hop around from place to place but you know oh, that's cool yeah i mean like rachel like she told me a really hilarious story about like you know she got she was in peter gabriel's band for a while and she got mm-hmm. like she just like used that money to buy like a place in buy a place in in like williamsburg before williamsburg was a like, thing and now it's like that's like where they live you know it's like right. really insane yeah anyway that's awesome that being said that's like a anyway i i learned a lot from just like playing with her and then that snowballed into something else, and then, then I just was just playing any gig, and I mm-hmm. started ended up doing like a lot of like Americana singer songwriter stuff. And there's like all these weird jokes about me living at Rockwood Music Hall, you know, <laughs> like uh, you know, like uh, I was doing that for a really long time, and then that ended up, you know, because I was doing those gigs, I ended up playing with a bunch of people that like you know, now are like sort of i guess like sort of legends you know like or like people saw me playing there and they ended up 
you know, getting me into some situations like, I don't know, like I, I used to go, uh, you know, I was a little bit of a lush at a certain time and, uh, I used to go, uh, see, uh, do you know who Teddy Kumpel is? Not familiar. He's like a guitarist that would have like a Monday night gig there every night. And like his at band Rockwood? would, yeah. And it would, okay. at Rockwood and his band would change often. It was like, Sometimes it would be like Aaron Comes on drums. I love Aaron. Or, yeah, he's the best. Uh, Aaron Comes on drums, or it would be like Pelton, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the bass players would be like, you know, uh, Tim LeFave and what you got, uh, uh, Tony Share, and like, you know, just like really like super like r- royalty in, in New York, New York jazz, or like, you know, just like royalty of music and, you know. And I would just go and I just started doing like weird things like, you know, kind of drunkenly heckling, mm-hmm. you know. And then at the end of the show, you'd be like, are you like, like, man, you're heckling me. Like, you know, I was like, man, well, you know, maybe we should play. Maybe I won't heckle you anymore. You know, <laughs> that's a hell of a way to get a gig. I know it's so weird. I, I don't know what I was thinking. What were you heckling him about? I would be like, you know, they'd play a song that was, like, they'd, they'd play an uh, improvised tune that was like pretty amazing. And at the right at the end, I'd be like, do better. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that, you know. I, I, do, I do not advise that anybody do what I did because like it, 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 I was still working some stuff out at the time. But, but that being said, <laughs> like I, I've made some of my best friends from like weird situations like that. Anyway, but I met Teddy and then Pelton, um, saw a couple of the gigs that I played with Teddy that he wasn't doing and ended up like recommending me for a bunch of sessions. And that kind of like ended up being a thing that, and so I was like doing a lot of sessions in New York that Pelton just couldn't do or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then it was like this weird thing where I, you know, I, I had to stop saying yes to gigs, not because, um, like I was getting all the gigs, but mainly because I started to get called for things that I really, really did not like, you know, just cause I was saying yes to so much stuff. And, you know, and that, finally I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to play music. I like, mm-hmm. um, actually I moved, actually I gotta, I gotta move back, go back. Cause like at a certain point I decided I was going to move to LA just before I moved the second time. So I moved to LA. I ended up like doing some like, you know, kind of Disney pop gigs. Mm-hmm. And and then somebody sent me a video of me playing with unnamed artists, which I'm not going to say. And what you call it, they just zoomed in on my face, like playing Good Morning America. Uh-huh. And I was so miserable. My face was just showing how much I hated the music. <laughs> And like, not to say that the music was bad. It was just like, wasn't what I was trying. It wasn't what you wanted to do. Right. Exactly. And well, I mean, that's like the whole, like, say yes to every gig until you have the luxury of saying no. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like I actually had the luxury. I still needed money, you know, and but people were calling me to do stuff like and and every time they would call me, I'd be like, man, I like the only reason they're calling me is because I'm doing this other gig that's like in the same vein. I should just stop doing that gig, you know, like, And and uh, to a it's an point, interesting you know, point to think about. Like, let's. I want to quickly stop you there, real quick. Yeah, go like, ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an extremely important thing to keep in mind. Like, if you keep getting hired for the same gigs, 
you're, it's probably because you're, you keep playing the same gigs and then people are like, oh, that person is good for that type of thing. They must like that or they must be really good at it or whatever it is. And you keep getting hired for those things. So at some point, and if you don't want to do it anymore, you have to say no. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, I, I, a hundred percent subscribe to that. But the thing is that like, you know, okay, for, I, I'll just say this. Like I, for the longest time was not concerned with money. You know, mm-hmm. which is bad because I was broke. I was very broke. But I also, I mean, and, and, and to, the, to, to the point, like I was saying before, I wouldn't be where I'm at without friends. Like I had some friends that like totally just put me up on their couch, you know, with my drum mm-hmm. set stacked up next to the couch. Right. And like, and, and I'm, I'm really grateful to those people because like that, that's insane. Like thinking about it now, like, I'm just like, man, like I had some friends that just like, let me sleep on their couch for like months at a time. Yeah. While I was like, my career was just getting off the ground because I just had to like, well, somebody, some, I mean, Chico told me a long time, if you have a plan B, what you got, then you're always going to fall back on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, like for some people, that like having a plan B works because they can compartmentalize and like really work on their thing, you know, when they're not working their regular job. But I'm so bad at that because (laughs) I'm one of those people that if I have a job, that's not like music or whatever, I put myself a hundred percent into that job because that's, what's giving me money. Right. You know? Right. So it takes you, yeah, it takes you away from sort of the, the creative side of things or whatever. It reminds me of the, the Will Smith thing where he said, uh, there's no need to. There's no reason to have a point or a plan B because it distracts from plan A. Yeah, I mean it's yeah same. For me, it definitely does because I'm, I I I only have like enough uh, attention span for like one <laughs> one thing one thing at take. a time. Yeah, right. exactly. It's like it's that's. I mean, I mean you. I don't know if you, you if you if you ever heard me play drums. I'm pretty. My playing's really linear. I play one mm-hmm. drum at a time. You know, <laughs> one drum at a time. It might be really fast, but it's one drum at a time. <laughs> Could you hit these two tops at the same? I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. It's not in my contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this, at the same time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think That's I could do that. It's kind of a can vibe, we get some, man. Yeah, can we get somebody else to hit the other drum? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll, hey, I'll yeah. overdub it. I'll overdub yeah, it. Post union rates, man. Union rates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, honestly, um, you know, that, I mean, that's just kind of what's how it ended up, and I forgot where I was uh, going with that. But well, we were just we were talking about how you know how you you came out to LA and you were you were playing a bunch of pop stuff and you were doing like Disney pop stuff, and it yeah. wasn't what you, what you wanted to be doing, but you were focused. You were like, well, I'm getting paid to do this, so I'm going to keep saying yes. And oh, man. If, and yeah. if, I, if I say no to this gig or, you know, if I stop doing this gig, maybe I'll stop getting calls for this same type of work that I don't want to do. Yeah. So I what ended up happening was that I ended up just completely like bailing on L.A., moving back to New York. And when I moved back to New York, I was like, I'm only playing music I like. So I ended up like kind of in. I, I had a little bit of money because I was doing like a pop gig, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, I ended up just like going to see bands that I really love, like kind of like in that whole LCD sound system, like Holy Ghost crew yeah. of people like New York indie electro bands, you know, and that really funnily enough, like 
right now, the pop thing that's happening right now in LA is all the stuff from like eight years ago in New York, right. which is right. so weird. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's really strange, you know, like anyway, but you know, like bands like St. Lucia and all that stuff. I started like hanging around that crew and I just started working a bunch in that world and like indie electro, electro, like electronic music. I, you know, I ended up playing with this guy, Chrome Sparks, who's like a DJ for mm-hmm. like, years and like that ended up becoming like a really big part of like what people knew me for but you know then again i also like for years was playing with this guy peter bradley adams who's like a really popular americana guy but people don't really know that stuff because they're just like oh yeah like oh but you know you were playing with this really big electronic dude i'm like well i mean like i do both (laughs) but right right i can i can play i can do it more than you know one style yeah, and I really enjoy, and I really actually enjoy all the styles because, you know, music is music. Music is not like I don't think um, I don't. I think music, all music informs each other. Like that Americana gig that I was playing definitely informed the things I was doing with Chrome Sparks. It, mm-hmm. But but um, but I just had to think about it in a different way. Like I, I like um, let's say like. One of the things that I really loved about playing with Peter Bradley Adams was that his music had so much space that everything I did made uh, like was a big choice. Like mm-hmm. every single note I played mattered. So right, 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 right. Like I had to be really, really careful about what I was doing because every note had a big impact on the emotional uh, state of the song. You know, mm-hmm. and with Chrome Sparks, there was a lot less space, but if I made a big move, it really took people out of dancing or made people dance more or like all that stuff really matters. Like I, you know, I kind of like think that way as opposed to being like, oh yeah, like, you know, well, uh, I don't, I don't play rock music cause you know, you know, I'm not really a rocker or like, I don't play, uh, you know, r&b because of whatever like you know Mm -hmm. like like for for a while i was working really hard not to be kind of just pigeonholed in like hip-hop r&b world just because you know young black individual uh you you sometimes you get pigeonholed into that especially like in los angeles and new york um but but um so i ended up because i was like i'm not really doing that i ended up in some situations but that were really great. Um, but now I'm like, I, I kind of just do everything now. And it's been awesome. <laughs> right. I've been checking out the new Sonar SQ-1 kits, and they are sick. You know who else thinks they're sick? Chris Coleman. I'll let him take it from here. When I hear something inside of me, I have to get it out. I have to get the sound that's within me out whatever i'm feeling in the moment i go for it and i may create something fresh and new for me something i may change about it something i may not i'm just going with the flow sonar's done it sq1 my sonar drummer Check them out. You dig them. 
If you haven't already, check out Promark's Select Balance Drumsticks. What they did was take normal standard drumsticks and give players the ability to fine-tune that stick for their playing style. Let me give you an example. If you play rock or country or metal, then you can use the forward balance. It's front-weighted, gives you more power and more speed. And if you're playing jazz or funk or gospel, then you can use the rebound balance, which is rear-weighted and gives you more finesse and more agility. Plus, they're made by Promark. You know that you're getting a quality product because they control the entire process from the forest to the finished drumstick. And they're also paired by pitch and by weight. So there's no guesswork when you're grabbing that stick out of your bag. Do yourself a favor. Check them out by going to Promark.com. I think that a lot of times people allow themselves to get pigeonholed, you know, uh, uh, and you a hundred percent. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's all I'm getting hired for. It kind of goes back to the, the same thing we were just saying. Like you keep getting hired for certain gigs. So you keep getting yeah. hired for certain gigs. So you keep getting hired for certain gigs. It's like, well, exactly, then yeah. if you want to do some other stuff, then I mean, I feel like actors and actresses do the same thing where, you yeah. know, after they're like, I don't want to play the same role anymore. I want to be looked at. In a different way, I don't want to be. I don't want to be pigeonholed in this. Yeah, um, but then they keep taking that. But then they, they keep, keep taking, taking the role, the goofy high schooler, even though they're right. thirty six. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. There was you had mentioned about how your how things started snowballing, and that's always to me that's always like the gray area. That's always like the murky water that that people can't figure it out where they're like, I'm playing with this level of artist, but they can't figure out how to like start getting into the upper like into a different circle and maybe yeah maybe it's just people who are playing a little bit out of your out of your comfort zone or playing a, with you know a little bit higher profile gigs because the jump is not from like playing in your basement to playing in madison square garden right so it's oh like, no way no so you and i think that people are like just looking for that break and i'm like you need to look for the step not the break. Oh, like yeah. Well, I mean the the way the way it happened for me is that literally I just tried to be friends with everyone. I was just trying to be. I was never out there just looking for gigs. If that makes any sense, I was literally yep. was just like, oh man, let's just hang out. Like you know, they're like, what do you do? Like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just hanging out. And then they would see me play with somebody and be like, oh man, you're good. You play drums. Wait, you're good at the drums. This is insane. I thought you were just a cool dude. <laughs> you know. Right. And and, and, and that and that because I wasn't pushing myself on anybody, that actually has gotten me more work than anything. Yeah. You know? Man, you know what that's I can't I, like I've never even brought this up, but I, I used to do the booking for a club and yeah. I did it for a year like like four years or something like that. And there was this yeah. guy, Jeffrey, that he would call like I don't know why he would always call, but because he had a residency there, but he would just yeah. call me all the time. <laughs> and uh so we would just like talk for like hours at a time sometimes and he was a, a, a great blues guitar player and he called one night and was like dude i can't do this gig like i can't find a drummer you know like i, I don't know what to do like and this dude's been playing there for like 15 years straight yeah. on like the first saturday of every month or the first yeah. friday and i was like i'll do the gig and he was yeah. like what and i was like i'll play and he's like what do you mean I, I didn't know you were a drummer and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I do. And he was like, well, shit, come up, I'll see you tonight, right? So yeah, yeah. I go down and play the gig. I played with him for seven years. Yeah. Like full time, you know, he like fired yeah, his man. drummer and was like, it's you. Cool, let's go. Yeah, man, you know. Friends first. Yeah, friends first. I mean, I, I, I try to tell people this all the time and 
no people don't take me seriously like it's it's i that is i could be uh like like at the time for a big chunk of my life i was a fairly all right drummer who was just friends with people and then i ended up on these gigs with these people who were incredible and because of that i am at the place i'm at now because i learned right. from every gig i was on and mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't because like like i was the best of the best i was like okay i'm here to learn from all these people that are here even if they're like even if you don't know who they are if you don't if like if you don't know who they are they're proud they still have something to teach you you know right. it doesn't matter right. you know like it's it's so important and yeah, i and, and, I, tr- and I, people you're living proof that people hire their friends like you and, and it almost sounds bad saying this and, and this isn't a shot at you it's just bouncing no, off no, of what no, you yeah, were saying like yeah. you don't get the gig by being the greatest drummer in the world oh no way no you know what i mean yeah and it's just like you don't i've ne- i've never gotten a gig like that from what you're saying like it doesn't sound like you did either they're just like oh you're really cool and you're a good drummer let's do it yeah yeah and, and you know like and the thing is like um, and if there, it, it, often what would happen is that I would get a gig that was definitely out of my depth, you know, musically. Mm-hmm. And then that's, I, I think that that is when I ended up in a situation where I was like, fuck, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta step up my game here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I, that, those are the moments where I would practice. Like, I'd be like, man, let me just get these parts so well that like they feel natural to me. And sometimes right. Like there would be some crazy stuff, you know, some really like insane stuff. And I'd just be like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, like the gig would happen and it would be cool. And it was like, oh, man, I grew from this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, like let's say like four months later, I'm still on the gig and like I'm playing, like I'm expanding upon it because like, you know, I don't like to just like, uh, like I, I, I like to play parts, but I like to just make things like feel better and better over time you know like yep. one, of, one of my one of my favorite things is like going on tour for like months and at the end of the tour how the band sounds it's like the best thing you know yeah you know yep. even e- even even when it's um even if everybody's tired and whatever the band always sounds incredible after like you know <laughs> like four months and they're like oh god we hate each other but you know we sound <laughs> yeah. incredible like, yeah. <laughs> You know, the other thing I've noticed, too, that is if you get a gig with someone and it's out of your depth, if you're friends with them after the gig or like they're they're willing to work with you on it and they're willing to help yeah. you along and like they're, and you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Like, and they're like, oh, man, it's cool. Like, just, you know, like we'll get just through it. Better. Like, yeah, just, yeah, do, just do better. Or like, here's what you can do. Here's some advice or whatever. My guess is and like I've experienced this, too. Like if I've gotten a gig by sort of like telling them how good of a drummer I was or like, or like yeah. selling my way into the gig and I don't play my ass off. They have they're just like, yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, dude, get out of here, man. Like we yeah. don't, we either don't want to work with you anymore or like you better get your shit together. And they're like, you figure it out. I'm not here to, I'm not here to babysit you kind of thing. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, friends first, that's like the most important thing, but that, that doesn't mean that you, um, uh, like I, I think that, you know, you know what's that thing that Steve Jordan says all the time? Like uh, luck is when opportunity and preparation, preparation meet. meet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, that's like I, I think that you have to like bring that attitude to like every situation. So like 
you just have to be prepared enough to like get the things done. You know what I mean? Like you have, you have to just like be prepared enough to be like, okay, I know that this song is like a pocket song and mm-hmm. I just need to like keep that pocket. Like, like that's the most important thing, you know, like play, if you're going to play a drum fill, play like, what like literally the simplest fill just make it feel as good as possible you know i mean it's like that's all that's all that's important that's important you know like you know like like currently in my life i have to play a lot of crazy music but Mm -hmm. that's like you know in all these crazy odd meters i play a lot of like you know um improvised stuff now and whatever but Mm -hmm. like i wasn't doing that for years i was just making people dance (laughs) you know Right. And, you know, right. and, and it, it just ended up that like, I, I, now I'm doing this thing, but what you got, that's, that's kind of like, uh, it's it kind of just ended up from like that all stemmed from like me being friends with people and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? I'm like, sure, I guess. Yeah. Like, right. I'm open to new experiences. Oh, wow. This is something that I forgot I missed, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like I, no, I, I, I mean, speak this, in, I speak in circles. Sorry, <laughs> dude. Me too. Me too. And I, not only that, I've done so many of these, and people are like, "We're tired of hearing the same stories." But I'm like, "Well, my guest hasn't heard this story." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And they're like, "Yeah, but we have 800 times." I'm sure the people are like, "Oh, here we go. Here's this story again." Uh, yeah. But, uh, but no, I think that I it, and it almost sounds like counterintuitive too, where you're like. You're you're thinking no, I'm. Let me just stop and and regain my thoughts here. Okay. Uh, I d- I don't want to make it sound like it's not important to be a master of your craft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I don't. But like, I don't want to make it sound like that either. But right. But like, yes, that you have to. Okay, that's like table stakes, right? Everyone can play, so you have to have that figured out. But you have to you have to build relationships. Like what were what were some of the things that you did when you were going into these situations? It's it's almost like a dumb question, but it's like, all right, how do you make friends without being like, I kind of want something from you because I want to play gigs with you, you know? Like, how do you go into these situations without like just you know spilling your beans and just be like, oh, I just want to I want to play gigs and we should get together and play gigs because I'm a drummer and we should do that. Well, what you got? I mean, the way I did it previously is that like honestly i would just hang out with people like i would hang out at shows or whatever and i would actually like go and support people that i actually thought were amazing you know and and what you got that's an important thing yeah it's it's really important because like what's the point of like being like ah, i want to play your gig but what you got you don't go and like pay money just to go see the show or like you know like Mm -hmm. that stuff that stuff is important because that shows you actually care. You're not just there for like, you know, for the gig. You know, like I don't, yeah, like I have a a friend that shall rena- remain nameless as well. Um, that whenever he talks about music, he always talks about music as if like, like as if it is a nine to five job, and that is the one thing that we need to like. You, you have to understand is that music is really emotional for everyone. Even mm-hmm. if you're making pop music, even, you know, like there are tunes out there that I like, you know, uh, you know, uh, not to say anything about like, like let's say Demi Lovato, right? Mm-hmm. She's a huge pop singer. I don't like her music that much, mm-hmm. but some of her songs, 
stopped some 13 year old girl from slitting her wrist. You know what I mean? Right, right. That is important. Music is important to everyone. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. You have to understand that it is emotional for people. So that being said, you have to treat the way you uh, relate to an artist or whatever as if you're just really trying to be their friend. Because why would you want to make music with somebody you don't like that much? You should just get to know people. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. I don't know. Like no, for I, me, I, I, no, I don't I think it's for me, I don't think it's so I don't think it's so difficult because like all I want to do is I actually just want to be, I, I just want to connect with people in life. That's all I ever want to do. So like mm-hmm. what, like, uh, but I know that some people are a little bit more introverted than I and, than me. Um, and, uh, and, and that, that sometimes is like a little bit of a hindrance, but I do think that the best thing you can do is just be like, Hey man, I really like your music. Uh, thank you for making it. Maybe we can get together and play sometime, not even on a gig way. Just be like, mm-hmm. hey, how about we just like, you know, like maybe we get together and improvise a little bit. Like jamming for me is a little a little bit of a weird thing because that just means like E to D chord. But, right. <laughs> but no, I'm the but, same uh, way. But uh, what you got, maybe we improvise something and like and, and not, you know, not put, put too much pressure on it, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, whatever. And then more often than not, you know, that ends up working out and then mm-hmm. in that situation. But I also, if somebody doesn't really want to do that, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I used to like the big thing that I always do or did, like I would just hire the people I wanted to play with. So if I saw a bass player that I really liked, I would just approach him at the gig and be like, man, I really love your playing. I'd love to, I'd love to work with you sometime. And like, I'll literally just book a gig and hire that dude. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, uh, I've I've, I've sort of had a um I I had a thought about this kind of recently. Like, um, I was I've been sort of thinking about like starting a little label that was lit- literally just uh, people who have never met each other, but I think that would sound really good together. Just doing like a little like improvised EP of just like improvised music. Of just like, oh yeah, you guys sound great together. Yeah, why don't we why don't we just put out some stuff? <laughs> you know? I like it. It's like you know some old school like uh, like Blue Note recording style, but just like without standards. <laughs> I I like it. Yeah, count if you start that label, count me in because I want to I want like, right. to serendipitously record with people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so talk, talk about some projects that you're that you're working on now that people can keep track of and and follow along. Currently, I'm on the road with uh, Jose James. I took over for Nate Smith. Kind of big recently. shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean they're really big shoes. I mean Nate Nate's a really good friend. Um, me and Jose go way back to new school. We 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 he was working at the equipment room when I was when I was uh, in school, and we kind of just like had like this like overall not so good hatred for, for the school so we've just been hanging we've been hanging out for years nice. um and then um yeah been doing that uh i play with this guy named sam do who's like a i guess it's like an electronic he's like if you mix like some like sam cook with like some nine inch nails <laughs> it's like nice. really weird really weird um mixture but he's i'm down he's pretty incredible um, he wrote that Taylor Swift Zayn song that came out mm-hmm. a few years ago that won a Grammy. Um, 
he he's maybe one of the best singers I've ever worked with. Um, nice. And then um, I basically work on a lot of studio stuff. Um, you know, for a lot of different artists, it, it changes all the time. You know, I was mm-hmm. in the studio with Leanna Havis a little bit ago. Um, uh, I've been like making a lot of weird noises with Jamie Lydell. Um, um, you know, uh, what else? I work with this one producer a lot named Nate Mercero, who actually just put out a song, uh, yesterday of a, he, he, he's like one of the co-producers on Leon Bridges record. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he just put out a tune called joy techniques the other night, Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, actually, that if, uh, you listen to it, you will hear me passing out. (laughs) What? And, well, yeah, like I'm just playing so fast and so loud <laughs> that um like I you can hear my exhaustion in in like the final moments of the song where I'm just like hitting one tom at a time like Yeah, like yeah, yeah, anyway. Um I know what I'm listening to as soon as we get off here. Yeah, that that's that came out um uh, I just did a record with this guy Dave McKay, who's incredible. It's called mm-hmm. uh, what's what's that record called? It ju- it that just name came sounds out. familiar. Um, a lot of people know him randomly because he played a lot with that dude JP Pouvet. Yeah, and he also like made music a lot of music for that dude Mike Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, let's see, what's Dave's re- record? Uh, yeah, uh, it's called um, it's called Three Volume One, Los Angeles, and it's just three tunes that we went into the studio and made, and uh, it, it's maybe one of the things I'm most proud of right now, honestly. Um, but you know, like I'm always working on like you know pop singer number one, pop singer number two stuff right. from my home studio here. Um, I dig it here in Nashville. <laughs> Or in LA, like I fly to LA a lot. Um, nice. Yeah, and I and I do a lot of writing, like you know, uh, like I write like pop tunes and or like you know weird um, electronic tunes. <laughs> but I I I've also been uh, working on a lot of uh, scores for that pianist. Uh, do you know Do you know who Chris Bowers is? Mm-hmm. He um he just actually I think he just won an Academy Award for Green Book. Which is insane. That's a, that's a great that's a great movie too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know if that, you've seen it or not. My wife and I went to see it. Uh, I don't know, whatever, two yeah. months ago or something like that. It's really good. Yeah, I went to go see it in theaters when it came out, and uh, like Chris is like actually like one of my closest friends, and mm-hmm. I forgot that he did the score to it, and then as I was watching it and like watching like um, Marsha Ali like play what you call like some piano stuff. I was right. like, oh, wait, that's Chris. And I like started to kind of tear up like, oh, my God, like this that's is amazing. amazing. <laughs> so you know, w- because- w- was he that was just all overdub stuff that he was playing? Uh, I, I think that he actually like taught him how to uh, like do all the motions. Mm-hmm. And then Chris played played a lot of the piano. Right. Um, and he also scored scored it, which is, you know, crazy. Awesome. And now he's scoring like Madden 2020. <laughs> just nice. Good for and him. He, ju- he just turned thirty like last week. 
I was like, See, what am I doing wrong with my I was life? gonna say, I like this guy until you told me how old he is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, whatever. Get out of but here yeah. with your with your overachieving self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Good for laughs> that's exactly. a, that's amazing though, man. So No, yeah, yeah. It is really uh, cool. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just like uh I'm i I'm just like doing doing the thing, you know. Uh, I dig it. Touring with Jose. Uh that's a that's kind of about it right now. Um yeah. Also, I just wanted to make a correction. I was not in Portugal for five years. I was in Portugal for about maybe two to three years. But I did make that last record with them. Oh, that, like, okay. that, like blew, that like blew up, which is insane. Yeah. And then I kind of like, like Jason, the original drummer from the band, wanted to come back like after the like after we finished the record. So mm-hmm. he ended up, and it, and it's totally cool. Like, and we're all really good friends. So. I spend, I, you know, I still like hang out with them a lot and, um, they're, they're really good family. Like it's, 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 it's a good vibe actually. Oh, so he left and then came back. Yeah. He left, he left. And then what you got, uh, I was with them for a few years and then he came back. Um, and it's, it's like, it's all good, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. it's just like really funny. And it's like the one record that I work on, like wins like multiple Grammys and, (laughs) you know, yeah. Uh, And it's like the biggest song of the year, but it's like, whatever. That's nuts. (laughs) So, so, no, it's like, oh man, it's so weird. Like, you know, like once that happens, if that happens once, that's like, like, oh yeah, like whatever. But it's like stuff like that tends to happen often with me, like where I'll like play with a band and and I'll be like, okay, I guess I'm going to go or like, or like somebody comes back or whatever. And then I'll just like, oh yeah, they became the biggest band in the world again. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, okay, yeah, sure. But, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that everything happens for a reason. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I actually think that, I mean, like, I mean, luckily, uh, like luckily that stuff, stuff like that has happened multiple times. So I have a pretty great resume. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, I'd yeah. say so for sure. Yeah. Where's the best place uh, for people to follow along with what you got going on? Website, uh, Instagram, where's the best place? Probably Instagram. Um, my Instagram is my name, Aaron Steele, double A-R-O-N, S-T-E-E-L-E, underscore, dam, D-A-M-N. Uh, and uh, that's probably the best place. That's I'm, I'm, I don't really have a website. Twitter is like kind of just connected to my Instagram. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's very chill. <laughs> I'm not I'm not one to be like a shameless promoter of myself, but what you got, you know, people I I put up when I play shows and and I put some drum videos up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean I don't know. I as I, I try to make it as natural as possible. Right, right. Yeah. And we'll link to everything to make sure that uh that people know where to find you anyway. So oh, yeah. you're not oh, yeah. you're not too hard to track down. Oh, no, 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 no. We got you. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I do have to say something completely uh, separate course. from everything that's been happening. I went to go see Death Cab last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played over here at the Ryman, and I forgot how much that band meant to me as a teenager. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, you know, like, I, I was, like, listening to, like, you know, they were playing a bunch of stuff off of Transatlanticism. And I was like, man, this has formed so much of my musical DNA. It's insane. <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah, like, you know, like a lot of the beats that Jason was playing, I was like, man, I play that 
all the time. Like <laughs> on people's, re- you know, actually like I had breakfast with him this morning and I was kind of like, I was like, man, I, I did. I forgot that you guys were this important to me, <laughs> you know, like it's it was, amazing. It's it it kind of nuts. And he was like, he was like, ah, oh, yeah, you, you, um, how old are you? He's like, are oh, you 31? Uh, you, you hit the sweet spot of like, you know, like a really, uh, impressionable youth when they came out. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they came out. Yeah. Yeah, but. It's amazing to be able to sit with people who have who have shaped you as a musician and, and sometimes as a person and oh, you get yeah. to sit with them and you're you're friends with them. Yeah, it's it's a weird um it's a really weird thing, actually. Yeah. Sometimes like I, I've learned not to be starstruck mm-hmm. um, just because of, you know I, I've spent so much time you know, like you just gotta be a normal everyone's a person. Like yep. but also, that's something I do need to. That's a disclaimer that I have to say to all the uh, everyone who's listening. Everyone's a person. <laughs> Sometimes I've I've realized that, like you know, especially with social media, people think that they know you, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just saying this because it's it's happened a few times where people will come up to me and like ask me like questions like, "Well, how was Austin yesterday?" I'm like, "Did who are you? Did you introduce yourself?" Like, "Hey, man, like, what's up?" Right. Like I just just make sure that you like that you treat everybody as if like you, like not that you've never met them before, but like just be like cool and like treat pe- people the same way that you'd like to be treated. You know, yep. that's all I'm saying with the especially with the social media game. Yeah, it gets a little. I'm actually listening to a book right now called Digital Minimalism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all about like just how you know how bad social media is actually for our brains and human interaction and 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 depression and all sorts of different things it's crazy yeah i mean crazy yeah it's it's true i just think that um people just have to be aware of that when they're talking to other people i mean i've just i've just seen people do like really weird things (laughs) you know yeah ask me ask me about like like my girlfriend be like hey how's uh how's uh this person doing i'm just like who are you like like you haven't <laughs> even introduced you're just freaking yourself. me out <laughs> yeah you haven't even introduced yourself what's what's wrong with you <laughs> you know that sort of thing you know that's a yeah. little wild yeah it's a little it's a little wild but it's it's i mean you know it's okay like you know treat everybody with respect it's it's cool yeah know? for sure uh, anyway but yeah um yeah if there is anything else you want to know i don't know I th- I'm good. Oh, great! I'm good. I think that was uh, I think that was amazing. I I I love the idea that you know because a lot of times from the outside we look at people who have successful careers and think that it was everything was like milk and honey for them and there were no sort of ups and downs and and there were no like low points you know and I I love the fact that not that I love the fact that you went through it but I love the fact that that you talk about it and then you're like and and you know you may go through all these things like. Keep your head down, work hard, and and good things will come out of it. Be prepared, be a good person, practice, make some connections, you know, like make friendships, build relationships, and uh, and you know whatever you want to do, you can do. Yeah, um, something you know that I I have to stress is that when somebody tells you you can't do something, like unless you really believe you can't, like because of like your own stuff. Like, don't ever believe anybody else telling you something. You have to make that decision for yourself. 
mm-hmm. because you know, if I listened to anybody for most of my life, I, I would I would be nowhere right now. I you know, I I have no idea where I'd be. You know, mm-hmm. also I have no job skills, so <laughs> <laughs> so what you got? You know, my life would suck. No, you got a job. You have a job no, right now. It's no, I have I have a great job, but but I'm talking but I'm talking about like, you know, no, like I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I just want to let everybody know, just be like. You know, it really, if if you really believe in what you're doing, then, man, honestly, do that because there's always a market. I love it. Yeah. Aaron, anyway, yeah. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. It was great to uh, to get to know you more. And when you're in LA, I'd love to. I'd love to hang. Or when I'm back in New York, um, and shout out to Dylan for connecting us. Dylan, yeah, Wilson, Dylan. Yeah. I love you, man. Yeah. Thank thanks, you. Nick. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, man. Be safe out there on the road, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man, you too. There you have it, the one and only Aaron Steele. As you know, show notes can be found at drummersresource.com forward slash session 486. And let me give you the studio names and dates and everything for these dream symbol hangs. So May 11th is at Forks in Nashville. Forks Drum Closet in Nashville, Tennessee. June 3rd is at Strange Weather Studio in Brooklyn, New York. June 4th is at Kaleidoscope Sound in Union City, New Jersey. June 5th, Stages Music Arts in Cockeysville, Maryland. June 6th, Magpie Cage Studio in Baltimore, Maryland. So this is a dream symbol hang where you can go. You can listen to some symbols. You can have some drinks if you want. You can meet Scott Pellegrom. You can meet some other drummers. You can hang. You can network. You can play drums. You can do all that kind of stuff. And they're all free. So check them out and go to dreamsymbols.com for more info. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.